Thank you, TV audience, and thank you at home for watching our broadcast today. Truly appreciate you tuning in. And all of our friends and partners, we want you to know how much we appreciate your faithful support to this ministry. You are helping us touch lives all over the world with the uncompromising Word of God. You know, our mandate from the Lord is to teach people how to walk in the blessing of God, how to live in the favor of God, and how to become the winner that God has called them to be. And you're helping us do that all over the world. This television broadcast is in over 200 nations around the world. Isn't that exciting? Praise God. So thank you, friends and partners. Also, I want to talk to you today about our Adventures in Faith magazine. We have this, uh, we've been printing this thing for many, many years, 40 at least. People have received this all over the world and it's free. There's no subscription rate. And it's a way that we can continue to minister to you on a regular basis. So we have an announcement about this. Our announcer is going to talk to you about how you can receive this magazine into your home on a regular basis. And I know once you do, you're going to be glad that you signed up for it. So watch this, and then we'll get into our lesson today on expecting God to break through for you. I'll be back in just a few moments. Adventures in Faith is Jerry Savelle's free quarterly magazine, and it's available to you today. Inside each issue are powerful teachings by Brother Jerry and Carolyn Savelle, as well as faith-building articles from many other featured guests. For some time, my life had been difficult to live and nothing I tried was helping. During one of my dark moments, I received my copy of Adventures in Faith magazine. I read it from cover to cover, and by the time I finished, the darkness had lifted and I felt so much better. I have been blessed reading Adventures in Faith. You have completely changed my thinking, and I know that God can and will do what He promised in His Word. Thank you for helping me get out of depression and realize my full potential. You can read your first issue today. Simply go online to jerrysavelle.org or download the Jerry Savelle app on your mobile device to begin reading issues immediately. You can also call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and register to receive a printed version twice per year delivered right to your mailbox. Don't wait. Now's your chance for more faith in your life. Register today for Adventures in Faith. On last week's broadcast, we began talking about expecting God to break through for you. I want to encourage you to listen very closely. Follow along with me in your Bible if possible. If not, then please jot down the scriptures so that you can go back and read them again uh, later sometime today, okay? Once again, remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more you hear these things, the stronger your faith will be. We saw from 1 Chronicles chapter 14 where David learned that God would break through for him. We saw in verse 2, if you have your Bible, you might want to turn there, that the moment that God had confirmed David as king over Israel, verse 8 says that once the Philistines heard this, they immediately came out against him. The Bible says in verse 8 that they went up to seek David, and David heard of it and went out against them. The message translation says that they went out in force against David to capture him. So notice God has confirmed him as king. And before he can even get into his reign as king, very good. The Philistines, which is symbolic of our adversary, the devil, the Philistines came out against him immediately. That's exactly the way the devil operates. Every time God does something good in your life, he's going to follow it up with an attack on your life. I'm talking about the devil. Jesus said, once the word is sown in a person's heart, Satan comes immediately to steal it. You know, I was talking to someone here just recently, and they said, 
you know, God did such a marvelous thing in my life today, and, and it was such a, a joy, and I was so encouraged by it and so blessed by it. And before the day was up, there was an attack on my life by somebody else, you know, Satan using them to try to discourage me and get me down. I said, well, that ought to tell you, you're a threat to the devil. I mean, he's already lost another attack before dark. So just go ahead and throw up your hands and rejoice and say, I must be bad. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the devil's already lost another attack and it's not even dark yet. Amen. So notice here, the Philistines came out against him and the Bible says they came out in force. So this would indicate that David and his armies are totally outnumbered. So they're facing an impossible looking situation. But listen, that's what our God specializes in, the impossible. I remember, and you've heard me tell the story many times in the past, but when my daughter's Terry, uh, daughter Terry's fingers were cut off when she was just 13 months old, and these two fingers were cut off right there behind that first joint, and we took her to the, to the doctor. He's a uh, at that time, they were saying that he was the top or one of the top plastic surgeons in the state of Louisiana, where we lived. And when he examined her fingers, he said, I can't do anything about it. I can't reattach her fingers. Uh, it's got the nerve. It's got the tissue. It's got part of the bone. And he threw those little fingertips away. And he said, all I can do is do a skin graft. Their, their fingers will never be normal. They'll never be the right length, never have nails. And he said, it's impossible. I'm sorry. This is the best we can do. I looked at him without blinking an eye. Why? Because I'd been in the Word. In fact, I was in a meeting with Kenneth Copeland when it happened. And I'd been in that service three, that meeting three services a day for four days, feeding my spirit the Word of God. And when this happened, man, my faith was higher than a Georgia pine tree. Don't tell me impossible because I've been hearing for a week now, three services a day, that nothing is impossible with our God. Hallelujah. And I looked at that physician right in the eye, didn't, didn't flinch, didn't bat an eye, didn't back down. I wasn't trying to be ugly or mean. I said, sir, that's what medical science can do. But don't ever tell me again it's impossible because the God I serve, nothing is impossible with him. Praise God. Now, you have to understand, this physician uh, served Buddha. He had Buddha statues all over his office. That's the reason he was limited to what medical science can do, because Buddha can't do miracles. Hallelujah. Yeah, right. Not like my God. Hallelujah. So when he looked at the fingers and from his medical experience said it's impossible, well, he knew Buddha couldn't do it either, but I don't serve Buddha. I serve the one and only true living God, El Shaddai, the God in whom nothing is impossible. Give me a shout in here, somebody. Amen. And I said, my God will restore my baby's fingers. Well, it didn't happen right then. It didn't happen overnight but it began happening the moment we released our faith. And a few weeks later, when we took her back to the hospital, six weeks to be exact, when he took the bandages off her fingers and, and he expected to see two little nubs there where he had done the skin graft, he lifted his hands and screamed, my God. I said, what is it, doctor? He said, look, and my baby's fingers were back. They were normal, already had nails on them. I looked at him. I said, no, sir, not your God, my God, hallelujah. And I, I made it a point 
right then to call the God I serve the God of the breakthrough. And he's been breaking through for me ever since. Hallelujah. And that's what happened with David here. He's facing an impossible situation. And then he says, look at verse 10, David inquired of God saying, shall I go up against the Philistines and will you deliver them into my hand? In other words, God, can I count on you? I'm not going out here now based on assumption. I'm not going to go out here just hoping and praying. I need some facts. Can I depend on you? You see, positive expectancy is based on knowledge. It's based on facts. It's based on exacts. And that's the reason David says, can I depend on you to deliver the Philistines into my hand? And notice God didn't hesitate. He didn't say, well, I'd certainly hope so. He didn't say, well, I'd love to, but you never know. No, he said, go up for I will deliver them into thine hand. In other words, David, you go, you, you, you go up against them, even though, excuse me, it looks impossible. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even though it looks impossible, you can count on me to be with you to deliver you. And so David went up against them and the Bible says that God gave David a great victory. God, David said, had broken in on my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of waters. In other words, God's power came through like a flood and the enemy couldn't contain it. And therefore, they called the name of that place Bel. Parism. In the Amplified Bible, it says that the Hebrew meaning for this is the Lord of the breaking through. So what is David saying to us? That God is the God of the breakthrough. And you can expect him to break through for you. Why? Because he's a covenant keeping God. You know, once God breaks through for somebody, then that reveals to us that anybody that'll dare believe it, he'll break through for them. You know, somebody said to me one time, do you believe God can heal AIDS? Do you believe God could cure an AIDS victim? Yes, I do. Well, how do you know? Because I know AIDS victims who have been cured. You see, it doesn't take every AIDS victim being cured to prove that God can do it. All it takes is one. If God cures one, then that proves he can do it. And I know people that had AIDS that he cured and delivered them. So that proves he can do it. Amen. You believe God can heal a person of cancer? Oh, yes. And it doesn't take every cancer victim being healed by the power of God to prove that. All it takes is one. Do you believe God could get a million dollars into your hands if you needed a million dollars? Oh, it doesn't take everybody in the world needing a million dollars uh, experiencing that to prove that it can happen. All it takes is one. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Once God does it, then that is recorded in heaven that once he does it, anybody that'll dare believe it, then he'll do it for them. Hallelujah. And I happen to be one who believes it. Are there any believers in the house today? Amen. How many of you believe God can break through for you? Let me see by lift of hands that you have experienced a breakthrough from God. Look at that, folks. If you're watching by way of television in your home today, everybody in this room has experienced a breakthrough from God. That means he's no respecter of persons and he can do it for you. But you're going to have to know based on the authority of the word of God, not on assumptions, the authority of God's word. And here is your foundation. God proved to David that he was the God of the breakthrough 
and down through the ages, he's been breaking through ever since. Breakthrough means make a way. And that's what Jesus said of himself over in the New Testament. I am the way. He's the Lord of the breakthrough. Dare believe him. Dare trust him. Dare step out in faith. No matter what anybody else says, no matter how impossible it might look, dare to believe that Jesus is the way maker, that he is the Lord of the breakthrough and he will break through for you. Praise God. Once again, he is the God of the breakthrough and he's no respecter of persons. Now, notice this phrase once again, that God broke through for me, David said, like the bursting forth of waters. In other words, the enemy could not contain it. The enemy could not keep it from happening. That's what God wants to do in your life today. He wants to break through for you. He wants to manifest his presence, his power, and his goodness in such a way that the enemy cannot contain it. There's a, there's a scripture in Psalms that says that in the presence of the Lord, his enemies fall back. In the presence of the Lord, his enemies are scattered, praise God. Why? Because they can't contain his presence. They can't contain his power. And that's what God wants to do for you. But you have to give him something to work with, and that something is your faith and your expectation. In Isaiah chapter 59, let's all turn there because I'm sure that most of you are familiar with it, but a lot of people have not read this scripture properly. Notice Isaiah 59 and verse 19. It says in the latter part of that verse, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now I want you to notice the punctuation there. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, comma, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Well, the King James version, even though it's my favorite version, and it is, you know, probably uh, one of the most accurate versions, the punctuation is in the wrong place here. Because let me say it this way. If the enemy came in like a flood, then that'd be the end of it because you couldn't contain it. That's right. Hello. Hello. If the enemy came in like a flood, you couldn't contain it. It'd be all over. Amen. You wouldn't win. So the punctuation here, the comma is in the wrong place. It should read like this. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. It's not the enemy coming in like a flood. It's the Holy Ghost coming in like a flood. Amen. When the enemy comes in, it should say, comma, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. See, that's the punctuation in the wrong place. If the, if the enemy comes in like a flood, then you couldn't contain it. But it's not the enemy who has that ability. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Holy Ghost will show up. Now, the enemy can't contain that. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's like the bursting forth of waters. So Isaiah 59, 19 is telling us again that our God is the God of the breakthrough. Notice it says, he will raise up a standard against him. The Noah Webster Dictionary defines the word standard as that which is established by sovereign power as a rule or measure by which others are to be adjusted. 
That's Noah Webster. Let me tell you how Jerry would say that, okay? <laughs> if Satan ever comes against you with the intent to steal, kill, or destroy, God will cause his power to burst forth against him like a flood that cannot be contained and give you a breakthrough. That's the standard that you can expect. Hallelujah. Every time the enemy comes in to kill, to steal, and to destroy, remember God has raised up a standard. And what is that standard? He will come in like a flood with his power and give you a breakthrough. Praise God. Amen. Can you say amen, somebody? Amen. amen. So God is reminding us of what he's already promised a few chapters back. Go back to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. And look at verse 16. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. Now, if you just read that from the King James it would imply that God created, who's the waster? Satan. And the waster does what? Destroy. So if you, didn't, if you didn't delve into this any deeper from other translations, from the literal Hebrew, then you would get the impression from the King James here that God created Satan to destroy. And that is not true. When God created him, he was not known as Satan. He was Lucifer. And he was an anointed cherub. He was among those in, in God's uh, heavenly kingdom. Lucifer had high or great authority. In fact, apparently he was over a third of the angelic host. And he was the anointed cherub. But the Bible says that one day iniquity was found in him. He wanted to exalt himself above the most high God. And when he led that one-third angelic host against the throne of God, the Bible says God kicked him out of heaven and he fell to the sides of the earth. And then that's when he became known as Satan, the waster, the destroyer, the dragon, the serpent, and all those other names. That is not the way God created him. God created him an anointed cherub, but he became the waster. He became the destroyer by choice. So what is God saying here? I created him. I didn't create him to do that, but that's what he became. Now notice verse 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shalt thou condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. What is God saying here in these two verses? He's saying this. I take full responsibility for Satan's actions. I created Lucifer. He became the waster, the destroyer. And since I ultimately is, are, is the one who created him, then I take full responsibility for his actions. And I make this solemn vow to you that no weapon that he forms against you will prosper. If he comes against you, I'll break through for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You see, uh, that'd be just like if, if, you know, your precious little son, he's seven or eight years old and he's discovered baseball and he loves pitching a ball and he loves batting a ball and, and he goes out with some of his friends in the neighborhood and they're going to play a little baseball out in the front yard. 
and he hits the ball and it goes over across the street and goes through your neighbor's front window. Now, did you create him to go around breaking front windows? No, you didn't. But he's your son. Now, you don't go around calling him, you waster, you destroyer. No, he did that. But you didn't create him to do that. You created him to be a nice young man. You created him to be considered of other people's property. But since you created him, then it's your responsibility to take care of his actions. Am I telling you the truth? Amen. So you've got to go to the neighbor's house and say, I'm sorry, my son broke your window with the baseball and uh, just send me the bill and I'll be responsible for taking care of it. That's what God is saying here. Your enemy, the adversary, the devil, the destroyer, the waster, I didn't create him to be like that, but since he became that way, then I take full responsibility for him, and I'm telling you, if he comes against you to kill, to steal, and to destroy, then I promise you, his weapons will not Amen. prosper against you. Amen. I take full responsibility and I'll break through for you if you'll just dare stand on my word. Hallelujah. And then I love what he says. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Uh, the Amplified Bible says that this is your heritage to triumph over opposition. Hallelujah. Amen. That's your heritage. That belongs to you. I don't believe in winning a few, lose a few. I believe in winning them all. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I played baseball growing up. I started in Little League, played all the way up to a farm league team. And, and I remember the first game I ever played in Little League, we had practice and practice and practice. And the, the, the coach had determined who's going to be on the team. And we went through all that process. And then our first game, that coach stood us all up and said, now, boys, I just want to tell you something. It's not whether we win or lose today. It's how we play the game that counts. I think I was seven or eight years old. I looked at him and I said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> Why did we do all that practicing if it doesn't matter if we win or not? Huh? Why, why did we all, you know, pray we'd make the team if it doesn't matter if we win or not? It matters to me. Amen. I didn't believe that at nine and I don't believe it at 69. Hallelujah. Amen. It does matter. You go ask that mama who's believing God for the healing of her child. If it matters whether she wins or lose, go ask that wife and her marriage is on the verge of destruction. If it matters to her, whether she wins or lose God thinks it's important. And that's the reason he said, triumph over opposition is your heritage. It belongs to you. You have every right to win every time. Why? Because he's the God of the breakthrough. It just doesn't get too impossible that he can't break through for you. Give him a shout today. Praise God. Amen. So don't accept failure. Don't accept defeat. No, you have every right to triumph. That belongs to you and God will break through for you. Is an enemy coming against you today? Do you need a breakthrough in your life? I'm sure that there are many of you that could say yes to that. Well, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. He is a covenant-keeping God. He is not a man that he should lie. Psalm 89, 34 says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has come from my lips. If you back up to verse 9 of Isaiah 54, God says, This is as 
the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. What is God saying? This is covenant with me. I swore that there would never be another flood that would destroy the earth. And this is covenant with me, just like that was covenant with me. And I promise you, this is covenant with me, God is saying, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I'll see to it. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? I think you got to give God some praise. Amen. And where you're at right there watching, you just lift your hand and give God some praise and tell the devil, no giving up in this house. We are going to stand on the Word of God and the God of the breakthrough is going to visit our house. Hallelujah. I'll be back in just a few moments. Watch this special announcement. It's time to expect God's breakthrough for you. Oppression can make you feel completely helpless, struggling to make it day to day. In the book, Free at Last from Oppression, Jerry Savell teaches truths about your situation and how Jesus paid the price for your freedom. Success is a result of good habits, but bad habits leave you high and dry. It's time to get fed up with non-productive habits. In Free at Last from Old Habits, you'll learn how to tap into power that can set you free. Also included in today's package is 2016, the year of the great breaking loose. In this three CD teaching, Jerry Savell shares a prophetic word from the Lord for the body of Christ concerning 2016. Request this breakthrough trio, including Free at Last from Oppression, Free at Last from Old Habits, and 2016, the year of the great breaking loose today. Don't wait, call or go online to jerrysavelle.org. Expect God's breakthrough for you. Once again, our special offer this week, two books, one entitled Free at Last from Old Habits and Free at Last from Oppression, and then also a three CD series on 2016, the year of the great breaking loose. This is the prophetic word the Lord gave me for 2016, and it is a powerful series, and I believe that once you get it in your home, you're going to begin to uh, expect breaking throughs and breaking loose in your life like never before, praise God. You know, a lot of people are, are, are just bound up with oppression and heaviness and depression, and they're not uh, receiving God's best in their life. It'll keep you down. It'll hold you back. Oppression is like a cloud that follows you around everywhere you go. But God wants to break through for you. You don't have to live that way anymore. Old habits will prevent you from experiencing God's best. And if you've had a, tr a problem of breaking those old habits, this little book will teach you how. And it will position you for a breakthrough in your life. And once again, the CDs, the year of the great breaking loose. You know, uh, recently there was um, uh, a family that I ministered to and uh, their little girl had a, a tremendous miracle in her life, something she'd been battling with since almost since birth. But God gave her a tremendous breakthrough. And I got a beautiful letter, <coughs> excuse me, a beautiful letter from the parents. And, and uh, she said, you know, uh, you've been talking about, and this, was, this happened in 2015. These programs you're now seeing in 2016. But she said, you know, you've been talking about that 2016 is going to be the year of the great breaking loose. She said, Brother Jerry, it's already begun in our house. We've already had a great breaking loose with God delivering our daughter. So, you know, you can have a breakthrough in your life today. It's not limited to any one year or the other. 
I believe God is just saying, get ready because from here on out, I'm going to show up with my power, my presence, and my goodness like you've never experienced before, and some things are going to break loose in your life. So dare believe it and begin to praise God for it and expect the God of the breakthrough to break through for you. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you again next week. And remember, your faith will overcome the world.